Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are trying to give an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and, and he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Father, I pray that as we have opened your word, we open our hearts and our minds to hear from you this day. Help me to speak your words. But I know, as always, you have things to say that go beyond anything that's going to come out of my mouth. You are here, and you speak and move and work in us this day to be changed, to be who you've called us to be, and to walk out of here like that and to make a difference in our world. So move, Holy Spirit, move us. Not just some experience, but move us to be more like you. We thank you. We thank you for coming, dying on the cross, saving us when we did not deserve it, even as your enemies. Thank you for your amazing grace and wonderful mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, we've been talking about being a new creation. There's so much about our lives that are new. We've explored some of those in the last weeks about new inside and out, but also recognizing that we've been given new relationships. When you become a new creation, you've got a new relationship with God as your father. You've got a new relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ, a family you never had before, whether you want it or not. You've got a new relationship. But I, and I think we all know that, but sometimes I don't know that we've actually thought about it it's not just a new relationship with God, our father, with our Father, or with God. It's not just a new relationship with other Christians, especially within the church. It is also a new relationship with the people in the world. You, you ever think about that? When you become a new creation, you suddenly have a new relationship with everybody else in the world who are not a part of God's family. Because now your relationship with them is one of an ambassador. You weren't that before. 
When you came to know Christ, it changed. Your relationship with the world changed. And now you are ambassador, as it says in verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We step across that line and come to Christ. We are stepping across into a new purpose for our life that we began talking last week and said, you are an ambassador. In fact, we all said, I am an ambassador of the king. Let's just see how well we can do it this week. You ready on three? And you're going to say, I am an ambassador of the king. One, two, three. I am an ambassador of the king. All right. All right. We're picking up where we left off. As we think about this, then the message today is simple. We need to live out our God-given purpose with our God-given power. So are we remembering why we are here? We are ambassadors of the king. Let's go to the first point. We need to live out our God-given purpose. When we look at what we do with our time, what we do with our money, when we look at what we are fighting for, when we look at what's important to us as Christians, it really seems like we've forgotten why we're here. It seems like we've forgotten why we're here. The, The primary task that God has for us It's not at the top of our list. I mean, how many of us really honestly before God would say, at the top of your list, your primary task is about and centering around being an ambassador for God, reaching out to the world around us. Apparently, children's church is today, if you didn't catch that already. Was it? I didn't know if it was up there on the screen. I totally missed it today. Okay, good, good. This... What is our, you know, being an ambassador, reaching out, sharing the love of Christ is not just our main task of why we are here. It is also God's main way of sharing and showing his love to the world. We are plan A and there is no plan B. We are the main way. And when we do not make it the main task of our lives, then how is it going to happen? Because God's plan is through us. That's it. In fact, in verse 20, it says there, as though God were making his appeal through us. God's not doing it any other way. He's making his appeal to the people around us through you. It's not just that The God that we love is counting on us. It's that the people across the street and across the sea that that we are supposed to love as well are counting on us. It is a life or death matter. And some of the things that we find ourselves so busy with, and some of it's just life, some of it's recreation, some of it's other stuff. And I'm not saying all that's, that's all bad, but what is our main purpose? What is our main task? And what we're putting ourselves into in every way is not usually a life or death matter. A God-given purpose that's not just for me, the pastor, or to official missionaries. The call goes out to each and every one of us. Not just the church as some organization is supposed to reach out. Unless, of course, you recognize that you are the church as each person, as individuals. When we look at the Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, it doesn't say, 
hey, the the people in the church, meaning the leaders or somebody, the you know, the church should do it's just therefore go. It's just everybody go and make disciples. Go. That's what he has for us. There's no special Christians, no special parts of the church. It's all of us, not just to decide whether, as we talked about last week, if you missed that, you can catch it online, but not just for us to decide whether we are going to choose to be an ambassador or not. You are. When you became a new creation in Christ, that was a new role that was given to you. You just are. You are an ambassador. The question is what kind of ambassador you are for the kingdom of God, but you are. God holds you accountable just as he does me. The difference is that the scriptures do talk about how teachers are held more accountable for their teaching and what goes on there, but God doesn't hold me any more accountable for the souls, for the people around me than he does you. It's all the same responsible to represent the kingdom of God not not only to act on behalf of the kingdom you know act on behalf of the kingdom we represent to ones that are here it's one of those things is basically you know sometimes say you got one job to do and yet we're so busy with so much else can you just imagine telling your boss at work that I mean many of you work not everybody but can you just imagine going into the boss you go into work one day and and the boss tells you that I want you to take care of this today. And you say, uh, yeah, I'll get to it if I get a chance. Uh, or, or you say, you know what? I've got some other non-work stuff I want to kind of do first before I, I, I work on this stuff that you just gave me, boss. Is that, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to do that. Or you tell the boss, eh, I'm not feeling it today. You know, I, I, I'm not feeling it. I, I just, uh, or, you know what? That's just, uh, that's not my job. And the boss responds back, uh, that's your actual job title. Uh, that's why we hired you. What do you mean it's not your job? So too, when we think about God Jesus, the Lord, King, Master, Owner, the boss of all bosses has said, here's your job. But we say, "Ah, I'm not feeling it today, God. Or any number of other things. We've got not just a job, but a purpose for our life. And sometimes we do do it. Sometimes we do it, but just to the people we choose. In a sense, we are ambassadors to our own little world. You know, we go through life with our doors shut and our shades down, and we, we might share the message with a select few that we want to, certain friends, certain families. We kind of draw this circle and say, that's my responsibility. I know I'm supposed to talk to people. I should share the God that I say I love above all else. I, I should do this, and it's important for them. And so we kind of draw this little circle and say, that's what it is. And please understand, this is not about whether somebody is outgoing or shy. This is not a choice kind of thing. This is the God who made us has made us ambassadors. He has appointed us as ambassadors. We don't represent ourselves. It's not our our choice. We represent God. And God has drawn a completely different circle around the whole world. Right? 
For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. He drew his circle around everyone. And if for some reason we think, well, that really doesn't apply to us, what did he say? In Matthew 28, I just had it on the screen a few minutes ago. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, the whole world, everyone. Everyone responsible to her. And what you don't realize is that you are uniquely qualified and equipped to be ambassadors. In so many ways, in one way, is because you've been there. I've been there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 states that once we were separated, alienated from God without hope, we know what that's like. We've been there. We should know what that means. First Peter chapter 2, verse 10 states that once we were not a people, but now we are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but you now you have received mercy. You've been on that other side of the fence, so to speak. You've been there. You know what it's like. We've been on both sides, and it's not like you're picking teams on a side. This is difference between death and life, and we know we've been in the death side, and now we're in the life side, and we're able to be an ambassador, to share, hey, I've been over there in the death side, and this is a life to cross over. We know from God's word the facts of what he says about this. But unfortunately for many people, they're never going to open a Bible, which means you, as you've probably heard before, are the only Bible that some people will ever read before they will give Jesus a chance. That's the only way it's going to happen. That's his plan. I know oftentimes we don't feel qualified. We don't feel equipped. I was reminded at a recent trip, uh, recent trip this week, in the midst of everything else going on, we had to make a college trip because that's when they were having their college days to show us the new college now at the Manhattan campus in, uh, in New York City. And so we were there at the Nyack, uh, Manhattan campus and just reminded as we were there about the whole uh, mission, uh, even of A.B. Simpson and, and sending people out, sending out workers that t- today people would look at probably and say, that person's, they weren't qualified. They weren't equipped. They weren't, I mean, there, there was things that were said or done, but I'm not in the way we think about it and what we've done today. They were not the regular missionary types that sometimes we think about. Especially in those days, there were people who were sent who were minorities, diverse ethnic backgrounds, women. And, and that means nothing today, but we're talking over 100, more than 100, 120 years ago even, things like this took place. And when A.B. Simpson founded that, the Missionary Training Institute uh, that deals with this, he, yeah, he said this, We claim to be raising up a band of irregular soldiers for the vast unoccupied fields to supplement the armies of the Lord in the regions they cannot reach and work they cannot overtake. There are missionaries. There are things out there. There are works going on, but there are places where it's not. And over, like I said, 120 years ago, he's saying, listen, his goal was to raise up a band of irregulars. Irregular soldiers for the work where nobody is going. You know what? There's still a band of irregular soldiers right here. You may not feel like you got it, but you know what? You are God's irregular soldiers and He plans on using you. Not just wants to. 
He plans. That's part of your part of His plan. It's a curious thing, though, that when we see Christians who have been there, been on the death side and moved over to life, and you've come to Christ, and yet, and we know that it's only by grace that we're saved. But sometimes you hear Christians who their main goal as ambassadors is to tell people, you need to clean up your act first before you come to Christ. In fact, really what they end up saying, some say, is basically that coming to Christ is really just about cleaning up your act. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that there is no repentance involved in all of this. But you turning your own life around does not make you into a new creation. God makes us a new creation. You just getting better or becoming a good person does not make you a Christian. Some try to get people to come back to God by following rules without ever having a relationship that trusts in Jesus Christ alone with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind and strength. In our passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. And he committed to us a message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We see here. The main message, our mission is ambassadors. But our message, what is the main message? The the word just was said over and over again in there. Reconciling, reconciliation. That's the message of ambassadors. That's the message from our king. It's one of reconciliation. In fact, it says at the end of verse 20, be reconciled to God. This is not just about confess my sins so that God can forgive me and I won't be punished. Jesus' death was not just a get-out-of-hell-free card. He died so that we might live in a real, vital, personal relationship with God forever. As sinners, we are separated from God, enemies, which is why Jesus came to restore that relationship and bring us back to God, not just to forgive us and get us out of hell. And it's our job as ambassadors to carry what? The message, to share the message of this especially reconciliation. They need that message a whole lot more than, hey, you just need to live a good life and follow rules. Because that doesn't really help the people we're called to reach. You see, as ambassadors, the people that, we are sent to are dead men and women walking. Dead in their transgressions and sins. Ephesians 2, chapter 4 and 5. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. This is is our message. It is not possible for those who do not know God to live like those who do know God. And we need to see with our new creation eyes that we've been given as we look at people around us that they're not just merely sinners. They're not just merely enemies. They're not just merely family or friends. No, verse 16 here, 
in our passage in 2 Corinthians 5 says, From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. We don't look at it that way. We look as God does. Not looking judgmentally. Not making a distinction of whether somebody is worthy or unworthy. We have a new relationship with the people that we rub shoulders with that do not know Christ. And that new relationship should reflect the newness that Jesus has done in us to make us more like him in verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Christ's love compels us. The people we work with, the people that we run across, the people that we go to school with, they're in groups with, there are other kinds of things. We see them as sheep without a shepherd, lost without a way, as dearly loved by the one who has commissioned us and sent us out as ambassadors on his number one mission. So how do we as ambassadors help them to get their passports to heaven, so to speak? By restoring the relationship. Helping them to restore the relationship, not merely get religion. And if we think about this as a ministry of reconciliation, I want us to follow this because I really think if we would really grab a hold of this and, and think a little deeper about this, if we think about this as a, not just I got to go evangelize, but we think about we are ambassadors of reconciliation and ministry of reconciliation, that I think it would alleviate some of our uncomfortableness with sharing. And I believe it could even uh, change some of the pressure that we feel sometimes to have all the right answers. Let me, I got somebody I need to talk to for a moment, so just give me a second here. Um, hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. Um, listen, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. Okay. Um, I don't know how to say this, but JC couldn't be here today, so um, he just wanted me to talk with you about something that, and it's a little awkward, but I care about both of you, and and it, I figure if I can help in some way, you know, if I can do something, I at least want to at least try, because I do care about both of you. Listen, um, he knows what happened between the two of you, and it wasn't good. He knows it wasn't good, but he really doesn't want it to continue to be awkward like it's been, you know, it, like the two of you are not talking, you avoid one another. He tried to leave a message. I, I don't know, maybe you didn't get it or whatever. He tried to leave a message with you about all this. Um, and, and obviously he can't pretend like it didn't happen. But uh, anyway, he wants me to tell you, he's willing to forgive. Okay, just wipe the slate clean. He's willing to forgive, wipe the slate clean uh, because he wants you both to be able to be friends, not just like distant acquaintances. Uh, yeah, he really wants to, wants you to be friends. So, I don't know. Do you think you could maybe give him a call and, and, and just talk with him about this? Try to make it right. I mean, he's willing. Uh, he's, he's stepping towards you and really he's coming all the way with what happened. It, just kind of restore that relationship. And he said you can give him a call anytime. And, um, and if you want help making the call, I can help you. 
I'm willing to help whatever in this to try to get the two of you back together. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, great. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All right. Do you understand what I was just talking about? The relationship with Jesus Christ? And there's all kinds of people that things didn't go well between them and God, between them and Jesus. And and all we're trying to do is just reconcile, saying, hey, I care about you. I care about him. I want you guys to be able to get this right. You know, he's willing to forgive. He's willing to, to, to wipe the slate clean. Sometimes we make it so complicated. Well, I, I've got to think about... You know, how exactly do I explain the Trinity? Do I use an egg? Do I use a, you know, what, you know, I, you don't have to, don't think about all that stuff. I mean, you can and you can learn this stuff and we can learn, but there's so much stuff. You can know all kinds of things. I'm telling you, as pastor, uh, you can go to seminary, you can do this for years and people are still going to come up with questions that you don't know the answers to. That's not what the point is. We are ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven sent not to give somebody all the answers, but just to reconcile the relationship, to help get things right from what they were. Uh, And maybe for some never were, you know, kind of thing, but just moving them together. And we think about living out our our God-given purpose we can think about doing that even at our picnic here that's happening. There's going to be some people from the community there, uh, just like there were last year. Last year, even before really the churches got all on board, I mean, I, I was there and a couple other pastors, but there wasn't really many of ours or anybody else. And so really this year is the first time everybody's kind of, not everybody, but a lot of churches are on board together in this thing. And even still... Last year, there were people from the community that just showed up. And I remember being there and talking with a a family and their extended friends, kind of a big group, a good-sized group. And um, they didn't have a a direct connection to a church. They were just there because of the picnic. And as we were talking um, to them, they started sharing some of their struggles, some of what they're, you know, I don't know. Don't you? Sometimes you talk with people and they just open up. You're not asking them yeah, they just kind of opened up they shared some of their struggles and we were able to share some of the hope you know the, the, from God's word and, and, and we even had an opportunity to pray with them just at a picnic somebody that showed up obviously we would hope for more than that and hope uh, to be able to take it beyond that but we've got to start somewhere and today in the day we're hoping that you know, the weather doesn't deter people as we come, rain or shine. But the hope that we could share, the hope that we have in Jesus, the relationship with Jesus, that is real in us. We want it to be real for them. We've been entrusted with a message of reconciliation that God has left us. He hasn't left it for angels. He hasn't himself coming down out of heaven to say it. It's you and me. We are to be light in the dark. We are the salt that make people thirsty for Jesus. In saying this, we need to live out our God-given purpose. But if I stop here, you won't have what you need to be able to do that. Because the next point deals with 
with our God-given power. We need to live out our God-given purpose with our God-given power. And sometimes it's hard to wrap our heads around that what God did when we became Christians. Uh, we've said he's made us a new person and he's gave us new, uh, uh, a new purpose. Uh, it's a new mission. Uh, he's got a new message. But do you know also we've got a new ability and a new power that goes along with this new purpose. We have been enabled. We have been equipped. We have been empowered with the same kind of power that raised Jesus from the dead. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 to 21 talk about this. This new purpose. This new purpose that we have cannot be done in our old self. It can only be done through the new power and the new supernatural love that God gives to us. So you have not only been appointed as ambassadors, you have been anointed as ambassadors with power if you will receive it. If you will receive it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his disciples about this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Sometimes we don't connect the dots in this verse. We, we read it, we know it, but we're not connecting the dots. Let me show you this connection. There is a fullness and there is fulfillment in this. The fullness, then the fulfillment. That's the message. To live out our God-given purpose with God's given power. So that first point that we had, we need to live out our God-given purpose. That's fulfilling God's plan, and we should do that. And so many people do want to do that. As Christians, we have that care. We want to see people come in. We, and we go out and we want to be fulfilling that purpose, but we are not fully filled to do it. And it just, like, I try talking and it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. Nothing seems to happen, or I, you know, and, and obviously it's not up to us. Uh, everybody needs to make their own decision, but sometimes it's because we're lacking the power that he says in Acts uh, that he wants to give us, right? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be my witnesses. There are others with our God-given power that being fully filled with God's pillars. There are some Christians that, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled. I want to experience the, the fresh, infilling Holy Spirit. And they want, they want to be fully filled uh, so to speak, but they do not want the fulfillment. They do not want to participate in the fulfillment of what God is asking. I'll take the fullness of his power, but I don't want to do the fulfillment of his plan. It doesn't work that way. The fullness of the power comes for the fulfillment of the plan and purpose that he has. It can only take place through the Holy Spirit, through us, as we want that. We need to recognize that this is all the work of the Holy Spirit. It is not us. It needs to be him working through us as ambassadors, not only of Christ. Understand we are ambassadors with Christ. If you go out today to that uh, to the, the picnic and you happen to run across people and you're talking with somebody 
You're not just an ambassador of Christ. You are an ambassador with Christ. He is right there with you. I see He's promised through the power, through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual power to get spiritual results because we are in a spiritual battle. Or those that are out there, we're in a spiritual battle. We are already ambassadors. I ask that the worship team would come. As we recognize that you are already ambassadors today, I want to take the end of the service as we, and we're going to sing about His love, but take the end of the service here to commission you before we head out. And yes, we are in the service. If you are not on our phone tree kind of thing getting, it said we're going to be dismissing a little early today, make sure you uh, let us know and we'll get you there. But uh, what I'm going to give you, it, it, you are ambassadors, right? So I'm going to give you a business card, kind of commission you here today. And that's, this is the front side. It says ambassadors, a big blank spot to write your name. You put your name in there. And then there's the back side of this. It says your local embassy, which is OCCA here, is your local embassy located at, and there's contact info. And the contact info should not be putting my name and number in there. The contact info should put your name and number in there. You know, you can just keep a hold of this as kind of a reminder, as just something that is a, is a physical kind of thing to think about. Maybe some point in time you just feel like, I don't want to give this to somebody. You know, it may be that. But as we go about this today, as we sing this, the worship team's going to uh, play and, and start leading us in this. You, it's not about whether you want to be ambassador, you are. But if you're going to step into that role that he's already called you, I just want to encourage you to come up and I want to hand you and by doing this, so commission you to go forth and be an ambassador for him. Father, thank you that you've called us, that you have appointed us all as ambassadors. And I pray even in this moment as we are praying, as we are praising you and recognizing your love, that you, even as we take up this task, would anoint us in a powerful way through your Holy Spirit with your power in Jesus' name.